I like people to get out of it what they want. Um, want to pr- want them to perceive my lyrics and and music the way that they feel like perceiving it, even if it's not the way that I wrote it. This is Measured Voices, Episode Twenty. I'm your host, Walt Huntsman. This time out, a conversation with Naomi Saul. Part of the Boise music scene for more than a decade, we'll find out how Naomi explains her music to others, what her hopes are as she continues her musical journey, and we'll learn the most unusual response she's ever gotten to a song. That and more, next on Measured Voices. Let's start off with uh, your musical background. How did you get... uh interested and involved in music? Well, when I was eight years old, I started to write poetry. Ah. And uh, the poems I would write would be about things that like 40-year-old people would be going through. And somehow I just had an intuition and I don't know, I was I would write really deep stuff. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but when I was 13, I picked up my grandfather's guitar. He passed away and he gave me his guitar. And I started messing around with it and I looked at the lyrics that I was writing, like all the poetry that I was writing, and I thought, well, maybe I could join the two and actually write songs. So, uh, yeah, I started when I was 13 and um, my parents had a lot of guests over the house all the time. A lot of them were, were musicians. So I would sit next to him and say, what are you playing there? Show me what you're doing. I never take, I never took lessons. I just watched what people were doing and you know, played by ear. Picked it up that way. Wow, mm-hmm. okay. So did uh, any of those early songs turn into something that you still have around or that you... Or did, or did you use those more as uh, learning experiences? Uh, mostly learning experiences. I mean, there's a there's a really short one about sunflowers that I sing once in a while. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, uh, musical influences? Who who are your influences? You probably never guess it, but Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens. There were oh. I listened to a lot of Sandy Patty, but she's not necessarily an influence, but we were uh, raised Christian, so I always had like a second chapter of Acts, Mm -hmm. Uh, Leslie Phillips, I can't even think of all the the music, but we always had music playing in the house. Mm -hmm. And I guess later in life it became Sheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette, um, Brandi Carlisle, I worked for a Christian radio station in Montana for a year, so I'm oh, familiar you did? with Sandy Patty okay, and yeah. Second Chapter of Acts, and I think Twyla Paris was another big name from Randy Stonehill. The name sounds vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Moore, I think, was another one. Uh, so you you mentioned that that people wouldn't guess that Bob Dylan was an influence because of your your music. How would you describe your music to somebody who uh, is coming to it for the first time? Um, I tell people it's indie pop, but um, indie pop is becoming like the alternative. You know how people used to describe 90s music as alternative, Mm -hmm. and then it became everything was alternative. So usually people need me to describe it a little bit deeper. So I'll say 
a little bit of folk, singer-songwriter, uh, and a little poppy. Okay. As I, I was listening to uh, uh, one of your songs uh, today, watching the video, and it struck me that you could also, uh, at least with that particular song, market it uh, as what is now considered modern, I guess, modern country even. Uh, right. There's some of that in there as well. Yeah. When it comes to songwriting influences, do you have... Um, songwriting would be Brandy Carlisle. Okay. I think there's two Brandy Carlisles. This is the... This, she's the more folky, um, almost Americana. Uh-huh. Um, she is very inspiring to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it... Different, the songwriting part, different than the music. I just okay. take it all in. Um, I don't know. I like John Mayer. I like Ed Sheeran. His writing style is pretty cool. Um, I've always kind of envied the people that are the story writer, songwriters. Right. I'm not necessarily that way. I'm more abstract. And I like people to get out of it what, they want um, want to per- want them to perceive my lyrics and and music the way that they feel like perceiving it, even if it's not the way that I wrote it. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we uh, give uh, people a sample to perceive then? For sure. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about the song. Sure. This song is called "One Day." No. <laughs> it's a different song. Sorry. Break My Fall. And it's uh, kind of a different writing approach for me is I wrote it when I was in a really good mood. <laughs> Normally, I'll, I'll write something if I'm really going through stuff and really depressed and need, need a release that way. But I was in a good mood and I was thinking of bad days that I have. And so singing from the, from the perspective of you know I'm actually in a good mood right now but I'm going to be writing about as if somebody were in a bad mood and having a bad day so all right break my fall I'll do the song one day next so remind me <laughs> and this song has not been professionally recorded yet I have plans though Thank you. 
with your tears In many ways You're praying for the night to take it away Your hope is shattered in the corner Salty eyes begin to wonder
Now, you, you said uh, before you started playing that you have plans. Uh, anything that you can share at this point uh, as far as recording plans? Um, I would are? share them if I knew them. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of ha- have a dream. I have sitting on like 10 new songs that I am waiting for the funds to get in the studio and make the music. Now, um, you recorded an album, I think, in 2011, uh, or released one in 2011, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. Okay. And, so. and then three singles and three music videos. Okay. Then. And uh, as we're recording this, I think I saw also that you were planning at least, a, a, or hoping to do a, a mini tour down in what I gather must be your old stomping grounds it in is. Florida. I, yeah, born and raised in Florida, so I'm going there. For Thanksgiving and uh, doing uh, some music events while I'm there. Going to be on a public radio show and uh, getting some gigs lined up, too. Now, when, you, uh, when you're when you not performing and you're listening to music, uh, do you... Is, is there anything in particular that, that draws you in or that you listen for? Uh, are you listening for... You know, I don't know, uh, ideas that uh, I can do something, I can take what they did and sort of twist it and do something different. Do you ever, does that ever happen for yeah, you? Yeah, sometimes I do that. I, I'll i get inspired by listening to something and I'll be thinking, well, that's a really cool play on words. Uh, how can I twist it enough so I'm not stealing it, ripping it <laughs> off? <laughs> well, isn't that what they say is uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery i think or something yeah, like that yep. um now would you, you you mentioned when you were younger you wrote poetry and and those were sort of your first song uh writing efforts and mm-hmm. you also talked about uh writing when you're going through stuff mm-hmm. uh is songwriting for you then as much uh, a form of I don't know, self-therapy is anything then? Yeah, I would, I would say that for sure. I don't know where I would be without music in my life, definitely. Yeah, just like playing it, writing it, and listening to it is all three are really good. Like sometimes if I am just, I've just had it with whatever I'm going through and I'll put on music or I'll play the guitar, it'll, it'll just kind of, shift my mood now are you a uh, uh prolific writer or how, or do you agonize sometimes it just comes out it just flows i'll write it in five minutes and sometimes i do have a song that it took me five years to write oh wow okay yeah so so a little bit of both yeah um what about uh, in terms of re- revision do you find that you are are you a person for whom once you've written it it's pretty much good, or do you go back and do a lot of reworking of stuff? In the earlier stages of my music career, I would write the song and print it off and call it good and never touch it again as far as reworking it. But later on in my life, I've become less attached to it and Mm. less scared of picking a song apart to re rework it, like get, get the best melody line out there possible. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, musical influences growing up. Are those, are there, are there artists that you uh, 
like to cover or or do you do you perform all original music how does how do you, or do you like I to do I do a little of both mm-hmm. um there's certain venues that like to hear something that they're familiar with mm-hmm. so I'll make sure that and cater to everything to, and to every age actually too cuz um I do some Patsy Cline Johnny Cash um Taylor Swift um Tracy Chapman it's kind of all over the board. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's uh, pretty much the uh, stock and trade of the uh, the working musician yep, uh, yep. these days. Speaking of which, um, how long have you been working and uh, playing music in Boise? So I've been here 10 years. Um, my very first time playing in public was at Penn Gillies, open mic nights on mm-hmm. Monday nights. And they still have them. Mm-hmm. One of the best open mics in in the valley. Right. Uh, so from there, I I made a lot of contacts, and I actually met who would be my producer for the 2011 EP. And so shortly after there, I started playing around town. So in ten years, uh, what kind of changes have you noticed as far as the the local music scene? It's growing. For sure. Uh, there's a lot more options to a lot more places to play at. There's a, a lot of uh, a lot more patio gigs, mm. I feel like, than there used to be. Uh, there's a lot more venues that are only doing solo or duo. And I'm not sure if it's the nature of the venue or finances. Because, <laughs> no. I mean, you got to pay a lot to... To pay a five-piece band, so. Have you noticed? Uh, you mentioned a lot of venues. Have you noticed too? Then that uh, is it easier for you to get gigs now, or is is it sort of like the the old saying with regard to highway construction? If you expand the the roadway, the traffic, the amount of traffic will grow to fill the additional space. Have, have we seen that kind of influx as far yeah. as yeah, yeah, acts as well. I don't think it's become easier to book shows because of the growth. Um, maybe, maybe it's just more competitive or something. But I, I wish I had a manager to book my shows and be administrative, but I've got to be the one, the one to do that. So one person band, you, mm. your own publicity, your own. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I know what that's like. Uh, mm. we, we go through that as well. Now, right now, at least on on your uh, one of your music pages, you had a gig last month, and 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 you've got the the things going on around Thanksgiving, future uh, future outings scheduled. Or how far how far in advance do you try to book? Um, it's well, there's sometimes where a venue will call me and say, someone canceled, can you play in 20 minutes? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think I can get there in 20 minutes, but I'll try. Uh, but, you know, two two weeks to three months ahead of time. And time of year that tends to be busier for you? Is, is summer, summer tend to be better? Because you know. of the outdoor shows. When when you are you talked about wanting to be wishing that you were more uh, a storyteller type writer in 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 some of your songs, are those uh, are there are there particular types of songs that you look for when you're uh, 
going to look for songs to, to cover or, or do you look uh, mainly for songs that are, are familiar with people or how do you how do you decide okay this is a song I should do or I could do or I want to do there's just something that clicks it's, it's not always a song that somebody's gonna recognize maybe it's something that in the lyrics that I really relate to um, it's the emotion of the song that I'm like, well, I could really grab onto that one and sing it. Well, uh, on on the subject of singing, maybe we'll ask you to sing another song. If, if you've got good. maybe uh, possibly one of the 10 that you've... And you mentioned there was one you were going to do the uh, yep, first and, time. And yep, we but then I also talked about the one that took me five years to write. Okay, I'll you can do, do that, that one. one. Okay. <laughs> this is called Hole in the Carpet. This has got to stop now This has got to stop now This dance is wearing a hole in the carpet This has got to stop now. This has got to stop now. This has got to stop now. This dance is wearing a hole in the carpet. This dance is wearing a hole in my heart. This dance is making me sick to my stomach. Round and round we go, round and round we go. 
And you talked about, you said that that song took you uh, five years to write. What, what was it about either the subject matter or the song that, that kind of kept that? So I was kind of processing a lot in my head. I was going, I was on a journey to leave my marriage. And so it was kind of started at the song as things got rocky and sort of kept going back to it. It just, it wouldn't leave me. <laughs> so sort of like a, one of those, those bottles that you throw out into the ocean and it kept coming back. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've been, you've been doing music in Boise for 10 years and presumably, uh, probably did a little bit before that, before you got here. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in terms of, uh, your musical journey, or, or where would you like to see yourself in terms of the musical journey you're on? Well, as every artist probably has high hopes of, you know, I have high hopes of getting on a stage and opening the show for Sheryl Crow and big things like that, singing for thousands. And I'll never let that dream go, but I also realize if that's not realistic, I have other avenues. Like I want to do more film work, um, commercials, just behind the scenes stuff that don't, doesn't require touring most -hmm. of the year because that's not realistic for me as a single mom with three kids and a dog and a cat. (laughs) (laughs) The dog and the cat never like to be left behind. Right. Um, have have you do you have a song that or have you had a, a performing experience where you've done one of your songs and 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 gotten uh, I don't know I guess I guess the question is what might be the most memorable or most unusual reaction you've ever had to one of your songs? Well, I was doing a song about waiting in the doctor's office. Um, the song is called "Wait," and it's kind of a a fun twist on how you get called into the appointment and you have to wait and then you go into another room and you have to keep waiting. And it's just, it was fun. And so I explained it and there was a lady that stood up out of her chair and started yelling at me saying that her son is a doctor and don't you dare make fun of other doctors. They're doing their best job (laughs) and without them, we'd be dead. And like she was just going off and she just stormed out. And I did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that is the, uh, I think that's in the dictionary, a picture next to protective mom. Right? <laughs> exactly. And it was like, note to self, don't explain that song again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The song is now complete about something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, have you have you ever encountered uh, had somebody come up and talk about how a, a song of yours either uh, touched them or, or reminded them of someone or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that all the time. Um, some people will just come up and be crying and like I don't know what I don't even know what all those words were, but there was something about it that just tugged on my heartstrings. What, what, is, what is that experience like for you when, when somebody comes up and, and shares that about one of your songs? Well, it, it's very touching. It makes me emotional. And it 
reminds me that this is why I'm doing music to reach people, um, whether it be giving them a, a new perspective on life or making them laugh or just giving them a little music therapy. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying uh, when we first started about uh, your music and, and wanting people to get out of it whatever it is they they it means for them as opposed to what it means to you necessarily mm -hmm. yeah now you also you mentioned that you're you're trying to uh gather or, or or get together the necessary funds to go back into the studio do you have any at this point do you have any rough either timetable or or hoped for timetable as to when you might go back to um next year early next year i want to start getting serious about getting in the studio. Um, okay. I'm a real estate agent, so I'm going to... Next house I close, I'm going to put that money away for the go. recording. There you go. Now, for those... Uh, for people who haven't uh, had that experience of going into the studio and, and working on an album, mm -hmm. what, is, what is that... How does that process uh, work? Because I'm assuming that... Uh, based on, on some of your songs that I've heard, that it won't be just you. So how, right. how, how uh, now are you, are you going to be the one to get the session musicians, or, or how does, how's all that going to work out? Yeah, I have my favorites around town uh, that all get into the studio. I don't even know if I'm going to do it here in Boise. Might maybe somewhere else. I don't even know yet. Um, so I'll, I usually get the pick uh, to pick who I want to go into the studio. And I don't always have a vision, a clear vision on what I want the song to sound like as a full band. Um, but a lot of my musicians are very intuitive and they kind of, they kind of go with, they can feel where I want to take the song and they just usually make it what I kind of, had envisioned in my mind, but can't articulate. And roughly, uh, based on your EP experience, how long do you think it'll take you to get in there and and, and lay down the tracks and and you know have all have it all recorded, but not necessarily the the final. I mean, how much studio time? I don't do you know. Roughly think? Probably two or three months. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it also depends on how quickly I choose to release things like it just lately it seems to be you release singles right let them ride for a while and then release another one so that's a little easier on the wallet too so i haven't i haven't decided if i want to do that or full length or an ep and, that, and I, I was talking to um tom taylor a, a couple of months back about that and we were talking about the fact that that seems to be the way the music industry has evolved if yeah. uh, i'm not sure if i want to call it an evolution but or changed anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> towards towards singles and and he was getting ready to come out with a full length concept album so he was going back mm. the other way um do you see that aside from the financial is as, as a musician for you is that a good thing or a bad thing or is it just is well, partly it just is, but I I see it as a good thing. 
because you can really milk that one song. If you eventually make that album, you can also milk that album as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just more, more attention, more PR maybe for your, for your music and more um, expectation for the listeners. Uh, what's she going to release next? Okay. So you can build, you can build the anticipation. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that uh, said and I hadn't yeah. thought of that myself. Uh, but that certainly that certainly would be a good argument for that. Yeah. Um, well, maybe uh, is, is there what what should we talk about that we haven't talked about with um, to uh, you and oh, your music? Yeah, there's another avenue that I would love to explore. Is um, I've done some co-writing with some locals, mm-hmm. which um, very Ryan Bain, very talented guy. You should get him on your podcast. Um, but I want to do more co-writing, like for Nashville artists and you know big names, and have it doesn't matter if I get to sing out it or not. But you know, now you said you've you've done you've done some co-writing. What is that experience like for you? It's different with everyone. That I've done a couple co-writes that were just emails. You know, probably. Thousands of emails back and forth. <laughs> what do you think about this line, or what? Or just doing voice recordings and passing them over, back and forth. Um, it can be, it it can be challenging. Um, you just you definitely have to have be in the right mindset. Um, you have to have to have the right musical chemistry between the two of you. Uh, the the right goals in mind. Like, okay, is this going to be a conceptual song? Is this going to be a uh, storytelling song, what, like which avenue, which direction are we going to go with this? What about with with regard to your own songwriting process? Is is there a normal process for you that you go through when you are writing a song? The first thing I'll do is um, I'll write lyrics in my notebook in my phone. Usually they come to me at three in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and. It'll just be really fragmented, um, and then I'll go back to them, and I'll just have a line that I really somehow want to sing and want to get out there. So I'll pick up my guitar and just start playing something and singing along. No, I don't like that. Let's change it. So I think it's different every time. Like There's a lot of musicians, a lot of singer-songwriters that'll come up with the whole musical piece and then do lyrics on top of it. I kind of like do a little bit here. Let's match that with the vocals. Let's do this. Now you mentioned you mentioned fragments. Do you ever find yourself saying, "Okay, well this piece looks good. Uh, over here I've got this other piece from something else I wrote." Do you find yourself doing that a lot? Yeah, I've done that, and it's kind of fun. Because I think, well, I haven't sang that song in 20 years, and maybe I won't. Let's figure out a way to bring it back to life or part of it and just stick it into another song. Because when you were talking, it, it, it reminded me of actually a song uh, I wrote a couple of months ago for uh, my wedding anniversary. Mm. And we and I don't write music, but I, I, I trap the melody in my head, and then my wife tries to come up with the chords and the arrangement and she wasn't feeling it 
so uh-huh. it didn't get done. And so it sat until uh, just this this weekend, this uh-huh. past weekend, I went back and almost rewrote the whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I was, I was wondering <laughs> about that. So I took a couple pieces and it's like a whole new recipe. Mm-hmm. Um do you uh, are you drawn to specific themes when you write? Well, I have a very deep emotional side of songwriting, and then I have a really funny side, like singing about losing stuff, like you feel like you're going to lose your mind. Songs about um, folding fitted sheets, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to people watch. Uh, My newest song is called Ambien. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine, and we were exchanging stories about what we've done on Ambien, not knowing it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, that one's not polished enough to sing it, but just kind of funny stuff like that. Which which type of song do you find more challenging to write? Uh, The the deep emotional ones. I don't know. Earlier in my career, I was all, everything was in a minor chord and deep and heavy and kind of on the slow side. And I I started started to challenge myself to start writing a little more uppity and fast. And for some reason, when I switched gears with that, more, more fun, quirky songs came out. Okay. And one reason I ask is because I, I, I have found from my own experience that every time I try to, if I sit down thinking I want to write something fun and fun or funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> it ends up being, you know, the worst piece of drivel. So that's, yeah, that's I understand I, that because uh, I think challenge. you can put too much pressure on yourself and be like, okay, this is not fun anymore. <laughs> After after Thanksgiving, your Thanksgiving appearances. What else do you have? Do you have any things coming up in December as yet? Or? Um, no, December is really slow for most musicians. Uh, I don't mind because I'm you know busy with holiday parties or whatever, okay. um, and you know kids will be home from school and. I don't have any other questions that I can okay. think of off the top of my head, so maybe we can uh, hear one more song. All right. I'm going to end with the song about texting, hitting that send button a little sooner than you wanted, not uh, thinking through what you actually wanted to say to that person. And it be blowing up to this big argument because you wrote something that you didn't mean to say. <laughs> To read your eyes And not your words from miles away To see your blushing face Turn this and that way Need to see your mouth twitch While your feet tap the floor Need to figure out if you heard less or you heard more of what I said. Connection lost, miss a 
what did you mean? I can't backpedal. I already hit send. I already hit send. To hear you stutter. Slowly form your lines to hear the rustle of your hands as you try. I like to feel the warmth of your breath as you speak. I want to hear the words that teach you. Thanks to Naomi Salm. You'll find links to her music and her social media pages on our webpage at measured-voices.blogspot.com. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at Measured Voices. Next time, I'll sit down for a conversation with Gail Chapman. I'm Walt Huntsman. Thanks for listening.